Insurance professionals work hard every day to keep people safe. But as technology transforms the industry, how can insurers protect not only their clients, but also shield themselves from ever-changing cyber risks? My name is Elizabeth Blossfield, and I'm the host of the Insuring Cyber Podcast, a bi-monthly look into how the world of cyber and the business of insurance are connected. As COVID-19 has continued to change the way businesses think about their daily operations, with many companies having to transition to remote working, insurance companies have found themselves needing to quickly boost their digital capabilities. In many states, insurers have been deemed essential businesses, allowed to keep operations going during the coronavirus pandemic. However, this comes with requirements such as practicing social distancing, limiting human contact, and, where possible, switching to remote work. For those insurers that have chosen remote work, the learning curve could be pretty big. Much of the industry has been historically slow to adopt tech transformation. According to a Center for the Study of Financial Innovation and PwC survey last year called Insurance Banana Skins 2019, outdated technology systems and infrastructure were cited as the number one threat to insurers over the next few years. So how can a relationship-driven business that prides itself on its personal connection to clients work to quickly advance into the digital age with COVID-19 giving an extra push? I recently spoke about this with Pete Arterburn, Digital Transformation Lead at Aon Affinity. Aon Affinity specializes in developing, marketing, and administering insurance and specialty market programs for Affinity organizations and their members. Hey Pete, it's great to speak with you today. Thanks so much for taking the time. How are you doing? Yeah, great, Elizabeth. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I'm I'm doing really well. Uh, looking forward to uh, our conversation. That's great. So I know there's been a lot of talk about how the insurance industry has historically been a little bit behind in terms of embracing technology. Um, but with the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of agencies were pushed to shift to remote work and adopt more technological capabilities. So I was just curious if you could talk about how the pandemic and the shift to remote working has pushed agencies that maybe haven't fully embraced technology to digitally transform their operations. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things that, that comes to my mind when I think about that is, is how do you keeping your staff engaged and accountable? Um, you know, there was a reason why you're successful and why agencies are successful and have gotten to where they are uh, pre-COVID. Uh, so, you know, when I think about what has COVID done and, and how do we uh, start move towards that digitization, um, don't lose the basics, right? Don't stick to the basics of what made you successful. Uh, the foundation of what you do shouldn't change, but uh, I, I think it's more critical than ever to keep your staff and engaged and accountable. Um, and, but also don't sacrifice customer experience just because everyone is remote. Uh, and, and ultimately, in order to, to pay the bills and keep the lights on, you got to continue to drive the financial expectations and, and maintain the operational goals that, that you set forth for the team. So um, while I, I know that the idea of adopting technology in, in the new world that we're in uh, with re being remote, sticking to the basics uh, and, and continue to do what you're doing just a little bit differently uh, is, is critical to long-term success. 
Yeah, definitely. Those are all great points. And you mentioned that a lot of agencies are used to being in the office and interacting with customers in person. Um, in what ways will this digital transformation benefit agencies during the pandemic and even at some point over the long term after the COVID crisis is over? Yeah, so I, I think ultimately, um, you know, what this will do is allow you to reassess not only your technology solutions and offerings, but are you making it easier for your customers to do business with you? Uh, is your website up to date? Are, are your uh, process and procedures uh, digital friendly or virtual friendly, I guess maybe is a, is a way to think about that. I think it also creates opportunities how you structure your team. Um, allows you to maybe set up different virtual employees. So as we start to maybe uh, come, start to migrate back into the office in the future, maybe you don't need a full team in the office. Maybe you need more people out on the field and, and restructuring your sales versus service. I think there's also just the, the real estate aspect of, hey, do I need this big office uh, anymore? Uh, with the ability with, with digital and solutions and technology and, and the way now customers interact because customers may not want to come into the office anymore as well and what may want to limit that face-to-face -face time. So, uh, so I think that the customer buying behaviors are going to change and, and really focus on that online, um, online interactions. Yeah, definitely. And then sort of on the other hand, what are some of the challenges that agencies could run into as they seek to embrace more technology within their operations? And what's the best strategy, um, in your opinion, to overcome these challenges? Yeah, so, you know, with, with any change, I think it's important you have to embrace it, right? Um, and, and it's not, well, well, we had to rush into it, you know, back in March and, and we're still kind of in that mode, but uh, ease into it and communicate and be transparent with your customers. I mean, there's going to be a lot of customer challenges and, and people wanting things right then and there where if I had the office printer or I had the office uh, network or I, I don't know, just as an example, it would be much easier to do it in an office than it is at home. So you know, being communicating with customers. I think some of the other challenges are just the resistance and change. Um, some people just don't like change and some people want to continue doing business or, or working in the environment that they've always been comfortable with. So um, I think it's always going to be clunky at first, especially as we start to migrate into uh, real digital uh, environments. Um, so I think it's important that, that you, you have to accept that, right? It's not, it's not going to be perfect. Um, I think also trying multiple solutions to reach and meet your customers uh, and, and be present with your customers. Um, I also think too that just while technology is key and critical, it still takes people to sell. So making sure that your people can service and sell remotely and making sure that they can do it effectively. Yeah, and that leads into my next question as well, because I know there are a lot of family-owned agencies out there that have been around for generations and have you know, sort of maintained the routine of their systems and processes. What's your advice for those agencies that might be hesitant to move forward with technology when they feel that you know, part of their connection with their clients is their traditional way of doing things? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I actually, that's kind of how I got my start into uh, the insurance world about 15 years ago, I was working in, a, in an agent, small agency family owned business. And, uh, you know, one thing that the agent was always, he was resistant to change. Um, he didn't really know his customer base, uh, didn't always listen to his employees. Uh, there's a, your customer base may have changed from the time that you started the agency. Um, do you know how they want to be communicated to and sold to many customers nowadays are more comfortable, uh, with smartphones and technology. 
than they were in the past. So making sure that you have that, that open line of communication with your customers. Um, I think listening to your employees, uh, I think kind of through some of my answers, some of your staff is continues to ring true, but your employees have been, are, are kind of on the front lines. And so how have they been able to uh, see how you guys can effectively um, manage the office better, sell more policy service in a more efficient way? Um, and, and then is the old way still really working, the old way of doing business? Uh, or are we really trying to put a round peg in a square hole at this point in time? Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, and you mentioned it's important to question whether the old way of doing things is still working. So I was just curious, what do you predict for the future of agencies in terms of technology? Will more get on board with it and will the pandemic continue to push them in that direction? Yeah, I think ultimately we're going to start to see a tectonic shift. Uh, I do. I really, really do. I think, um, you know, and obviously it's no surprise that the, the, the agency force is, is getting older. So as those agents start to retire um, and, and you, you backfill them with, with younger new agents, uh, that, that, and, and obviously we've all been accustomed to the, the um, digital working from home environment, remote environment for the last six to seven months. Uh, that will continue. I think with technology, with video conferencing, the AMS system enhancements, agency management system, uh, people are just growing used to working from home. And then with family demands, you know, some kids are in school, some aren't. So you're going to start to see a number of agencies maximize that, that technology capabilities really move to that virtual environment. Plus, it's just cheaper to work from home than it is to have a big office, right? And so your expense management uh, can, can uh, be managed in a much tighter realm. So I really do think this, that will continue to be the new norm. Right, that makes sense. Awesome. Well, Pete, this has been a great discussion. So thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's been more than six months since the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus outbreak a global pandemic. And as Pete indicated, many insurance companies in the U.S. have begun planning for the long term. While some insurers have considered returning to the office, at least in part, others are considering making the switch to remote work permanent in some capacity. One of these companies is Nationwide, which announced in April its plans to permanently transition to a hybrid operating model in which 98% of its workforce will be remote. In its four major headquarter areas in central Ohio, Iowa, Arizona, and Texas, it will continue to maintain its office buildings but offer its associates the ability to work from home. However, the company plans to exit most of its other physical office locations. With this in mind, I called Todd Lukens, Nationwide's Chief Information Security Officer, to talk about the company's permanent transition to a hybrid operating model with the majority of its workforce being remote, as well as the cybersecurity considerations that come along with that transition. Hi, Todd. It's great to be speaking with you. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I know the shift to remote work has been a common theme throughout the COVID pandemic, and Nationwide announced in April its plans to permanently transition to a hybrid operating model with the majority of its workforce working from home. How did the company come to that decision? Well, so it's interesting. So the, the company came to the decision in a couple different ways. Um, there's been a a multi-year plan for us to kind of reduce our physical footprint across the country. We have a, a lot of offices around the country and, and we knew that we needed to start reducing that. So 
the, the pandemic is really a catalyst for us being able to, to execute on some of those plans that we had. The other element of this was really around um, how successful we were in the mid-March timeframe as we pivoted to work from home. Uh, we, we had been working on technology capabilities for roughly 18 months to allow a larger portion of our workforce to work from, from home. Now, we never really, we weren't doing that with the anticipation that we would have 98% of our work from uh, our workforce uh, work from home in a two-day period. Um, but we had been working on this uh, over time. And so when we pivoted, we realized that Number one, we had all the technology we needed. Number two, we had all of the the, the same capabilities for our, our associates to be able to execute their jobs. And what was really interesting is as we monitored, so when we made that announcement, we had been work from home for roughly a month. Uh, we had, after two weeks, we had transitioned into an operational sustainability element, and that's when we started monitoring performance. And what we were surprised, pleasantly surprised to see is that across the major indicators that we have for measuring associates' uh, performance, we were actually performing at par and in some cases above our performance metrics pre-COVID or pre-work from home. And so when we looked at those numbers, um, you know, we're, we were cautious. We wanted to make sure there's there always a fatigue element. You know, everybody was working in kind of superhero type of, of mentality at that point, but we wanted to make sure that, you know, could we do this long term? And, and it was literally the data told us yes. You know, we had the technology enablement that allowed people to perform their job functions, but then we had the corresponding data that said we're continuing to do this at a high level of success and a high level of performance. And so, so that was really where the executive leadership team came back and felt confident in making the announcement that, you know, in some regions around the market or around the nation, we're going to be 100% remote. Okay, that's great. Could you just talk about some of the ways that you've seen this hybrid model benefiting the company during the pandemic and even over the long term once this is all over? Yeah, absolutely. So from specifically from the pandemic, and, and we kind of break the pandemic up into a few different phases. So we had the initial, you know, when we were in pure pandemic response, crisis response mode, and, and how we had to quickly pivot and transition again. Like, like I mentioned, within a 48-hour period, we made an announcement that if you know, everybody needs to be, everybody that can needs to work from home. And we were at about 98% of our workforce um, had pivoted to work from home in that time period. So the technology enabled us to do that. And that allowed our associates to, you know, continue to operate and provide the services that we do for our members and our partners. And so I think that that's just the, the initial, you know, what was the benefit. But what we're finding as we've gone through this, specifically as we've extended out the, um, the date for our return to office, for, for a majority of our associates that will be coming back into a physical office. I, I would say the biggest benefit that this is, is provided is it is it has allowed our associates to continue providing the service that they do to nationwide, but also allowing them to take care of themselves and their families. Um, you know, I'm, my wife and I, we have two young kids. We have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And you know, without the flexibility of being able to work from home when I need to so that I can help, you know, my six-year-old daughter join a Zoom call for her class. You know, that I think is just such a huge benefit that that a lot of nationwide associates are, are grateful for is having that ability to, to to take care of themselves and their families and their life situations while also 
continuing to be an associate at Nationwide. Yeah, definitely. That flexibility is so important. And sort of on the other hand, did you run into any challenges with the transition to work from home? And do you have any advice for insurers who may be experiencing similar challenges? Um, we did, like like with everything. You know, I, one of the other roles that I have is in, in addition to being uh, the, the chief information security officer and you know, in protecting nationwide assets, and I also run crisis management for the organization. And so what we realized is that all of our pandemic response plans, our continuity plans, you know, they were really focused on, in a lot of cases, like our, our recovery plans were go from building A to building B. Or, you know, in a pandemic situation, really what we, were, we planned for was um, how do you operate with 30 to 40 percent less associates? And so it, none of them really took into account what does it look like to take 100% of your workforce or 98% of your critical workforce and, and put them to work from home. So we learned some really important lessons. Like we had all the technology capabilities. Like we have the, the VPN and, you know, the web proxies and all the, the core technology things to, to make sure that you can connect and you can get access to your systems. What we didn't really take into account was if, if you think about a call center representative they typically have two to three monitors that they use to service a call. And in a lot of cases, we sent them home with a laptop. And so they had one 13-inch screen instead of three larger monitors all in front of them that they could quickly quickly pivot. So what we found is that the biggest lesson that, that we had was the peripherals. Like, do our associates have the monitors, the, the keyboards, the mice, the mice, et cetera, the headsets, that enable them to effectively work from home for an extended period of time. Sure, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as part of its April announcement about the transition to work from home, Nationwide described itself as technology-connected and people-driven. So I was just curious how the company is working to embrace more technology while also maintaining relationships with clients and continuing to be you know, a people-focused company. Yeah, you know, I think the digital acumen in Nationwide, and, and if you talk to um, any insurance company out there, and quite honestly, probably any company out there, uh, the digital acumen of our associates, and in a lot of cases of our members and our partners, we during this period, I would say we probably gained about five years of digital acumen in a few months. And people were forced to do it. Um, and, and so we've seen, so we, we have a lot of technologies like a lot of online um, web-based, cloud-based collaboration tools that we had available pre-pandemic. And we were probably at a, at a low single-digit adoption rate across the entire nationwide uh, associate population. Today, we're at 100% adoption. I mean, there, there is not, there's not a single associate that's not utilizing our online collaboration tools and technologies and our, uh, the, the, the cloud services that we have. So that has been, it's been fascinating to watch because as a technologist and being in the technology organization, it's, it's something that we are like, we've been actually putting together what the, the enterprise change management process is going to look like. And we have like a two to three year horizon. We got it in two months. And so that's that's one element of it is how it's changed our our associates. Yeah, sure. That's a great perspective. And so given everything that we've talked about, what do you predict for the future of the insurance industry in terms of technological capabilities? Do you think other insurers will follow suit in this transition to permanent or semi-permanent work from home in the future? You, you know, I, I do. I, I, I believe, and again, this is, 
this is my perspective, um, not necessarily, you know, the, the perspective of nationwide, but um, I think there's a bit of a fatigue on the work from home in some cases where, you know, yes, the question earlier, what's one of the things that we learned coming out of this? One of the things that we've also learned is that when you work from home, you have to condition yourself to know how to work from home and be effective and, and, and do it for a long period of time. One of the biggest lear- things that we did learn is that people were never disconnecting and they were working all the time. And so when I talk about the fatigue, I think that there's still a desire for a lot of people to want to have the ability to come in and, you know, have an office setting, collaborate and interact with their, with their, their, their coworkers. That being said, we're already seeing it in industries outside of insurance where they've announced that they are, they are 100% remote. And, and what we're seeing, especially, you know, nationwide and we're in, in some markets that are, you know, not necessarily, you know, the Silicon Valleys or the New York City, we're actually seeing now where those companies that are based in those locations realize the talent that exists across the country and are starting to go after the talent. And so I think we as, a, as an industry, we're going to have to adapt to, to doing that in order for us to be competitive from a resource perspective. Um, I, that, that's the only way that I think we're going to be able to, to make sure that we not only retain, not only retain, but can continue to attract the top talent because insurance is, you know, it, it is a, it, it's a technology company now. I mean, you think about the entire workflow of how insurance works, everything from, you know, creating a, a, a quote to binding, to utilizing artificial intelligence and machine learning in our claims processes and our fraud processes, it's a technology company. And we've got to make sure that we continue to attract and retain the best talent. And that's going to require some element of feeling comfortable with recruiting and attracting people that are outside of your backyard and doing it across the country. Sure. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, allowing me to have the conversation with you. That's all the time we have for this podcast. Thanks to Pete and Todd for taking the time to talk with me and to all of you for listening. Once again, I'm Elizabeth Blossfield, and you're listening to the Insuring Cyber Podcast, a bi-monthly look into how the world of cyber and the business of insurance are connected. I hope you'll tune in next time.